Hello, and welcome to the first ever super amazing Halloween special of Spooky Girls, a podcast <laughs> where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings to reported alien cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends, and more. We're your hosts. I'm Katrina. I'm Jasmine. And we are joined by a very special guest today. Hi, Yay. I'm Brooke from Wise. Hi, Yay. Brooke. I'm Welcome, super excited Brooke. to do this. Yay. <laughs> We're so excited too. This is the first ever collaboration we have done and there is no one better to do it with yes. than Brooke because she oh. is lovely. Thank you. This is wonderful. This is so fun. I'm so excited. Pretty damn amazing. I was telling, I was actually just telling Catty that normally I listen to podcasts to kind of like calm myself down for a nice old nap. But with Wise, I actually, I was, I found myself, I couldn't sleep because I was actively listening. And I was like, wow, this is actually really, (laughs) really well structured. Honestly, it was brilliant. I love the Medusa one. Oh, Um, thank you. Fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank I worked super hard on them, them, so I'm I'm glad that um yeah. that people are enjoying them. Yes, and that they're not napping to them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very exciting. And also, we're doing this from three separate time zones, guys. Yeah. So you know, technology is king. very different time zones. Yeah, very yeah. different time zones. <laughs> So why don't we actually actually all say where we are and what time it is there. So for me, um, I'm in Hong Kong and the time is about 10 minutes to eight in the evening. For me, I am in the UK and it's nearly midday. And I am in the United States in Arkansas and it is almost 7 (laughs) a.m. I'm so sorry. You're up so early. I didn't know it was that early. It was her idea to do the collab. It's okay, Some I'll just get more done today. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You can go back for, like, a nice old nap after all this is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. so we are going to be recording this episode for our podcast, and then we'll be recording another episode for Brooke's podcast, for Wise, once yeah. we're done. And both episodes will be about cursed objects. So I am very excited. This is going to be yes, so cool. Me too. Yeah. Should we get started? Who wants to go first? Yes, I can do it. <laughs> I got it. Okay. So I was trying to find something a bit different um, for this one. Um, so I actually found a story which is local to um, where I'm from in Hong Kong. Um, so this is about the fox demon haunting of Windsor House here in Hong Kong. Um, and my sources uh, for this were shroft.com, um, grulo.com, uh, that's a site about old Hong Kong, um, and between science and religion on blogspot and also evettan.com. Um, so this isn't really as much a haunted object, more of a location, but in uh, the haunted, the haunting itself manifested in a particular unnerving way and occupied a specific spot on a marble wall in one of Hong Kong's busiest shopping malls. Um, So I guess you could say the haunted object in question is the mall itself, or more specifically, the very walls and foundations of it. So, in the 1980s, the Duke of Windsor Social Services Centre stood proudly in Causeway Bay, Hong Kong, overlooking the picturesque greenery of Victoria Park. Causeway Bay, the acclaimed shopping district, was widely celebrated even then for its glut of luxuries and consumer-oriented frivolities, 
and the Duke of Windsor was no exception to the rule. In the upper stories of the building was a popular banquet hall, a Cantonese restaurant typically used for large traditional gatherings such as weddings, birthdays and 30-day festivities. These festivities are Chinese customary occasions whereby families host a feast to celebrate their infant's first month. Following the events of one such ceremony, a baby's mother suffered a fitful slumber. In her dreams, she was visited by a red-eyed fox demon, a legendary creature heralding back to the ancient religion of Taoism. The demon taunted the mother, warning her that since they had failed to pay tribute to the fox during the child's celebration, that the infant was doomed to die. Upon waking from this nightmare, the mother rushed to check on her baby, only to find it dead. The infant's lifeless body is said to have been found drained of blood, its face green in complexion, but with no other physical markings to suggest his cause of death. In tandem to this tragedy, another mystery was unfurling at the site of the child's 30-day banquet. Passers-by had pinpointed the face of a fox hidden in the marble work of the walls which adorned the banquet hall. Whilst some versions of the story claim the fox's image was seen peering out of numerous walls in the building, they all confer that the image of a fox's head at the restaurant specifically was growing clearer and clearer every day. You can even Google it and find some press photographs of these online, where you can indeed see the fox's features sharpen over time. Superstition soon engulfed the minds of the naturally wary Hong Kongers, so much so that crowds of people would gather to marvel in horror at the mystifying marble. Some say the image of the fox was covered, in vain of course, by a long stretch of cloth to deter its visitors. Others say that the building management was so desperate to dispel these unwanted speculations that they arranged the panel to be removed, and along with it, the curse of the fox demon, which by this time had supposedly taken the lives of numerous other infants following their first month ceremonies too. These legends of fox demons are of Taoist theology. It's a branch of rural Chinese religion whose principles are enshrined even in that of Western philosophy. It was common for Taoist shamans to seal these fox spirits in the walls to contain them or banish them back to the mountains in China where their legends originated. Windsor House now stands in place of the demolished Duke of Windsor as of the mid-90s. But one more truly spooky feature. After the death of the first child, a playground was constructed on the roof of the shopping mall. As the roof was close to shoppers, patrons were puzzled. Why build a playground complete with a seesaw if not to be used by children? Legend has it that this was built to console the spirit of the baby who had been killed by the fox demon, perhaps so he too would not cause trouble for the living. Ooh. That's super scary. <laughs> yeah, that was so good, Chelsea. <laughs> Isn't it horrible? Isn't it terrible? <sighs> and like, there are there are so many cases. Like, if you look into it, like so many babies died mm. mysteriously about a month after their birthdays there. And this is close to you. Yeah. So, um, it so that happened on the East Island, and I live on West. But Hong Kong is tiny. It's um, I think you can drive around the whole thing in less than an hour. So, like, it's oh tiny. wow. Um, but yeah. So there are loads of there was this was this one was hard to um really 
crystallized because there are so many different versions because yeah. it was such it was so well known because everyone had family who knew about it and everyone went there and it was so widely speculated upon that like the whole building was demolished like that's why they demolished it was because people wouldn't stop coming and blocking the entrances um and then yeah and as for the playground thing like that was the creepiest bit um apparently the door to the roof was welded shut welded shut so it's not like anyone could even go up there for maintenance if they wanted to weird so what happens when you when you demolish a building like does it release the demon to go somewhere else i don't know maybe maybe it just transferred it somewhere else but um who knows um because i i remembered hearing about a kind of fox demon called a kitsune but that's Mm -hmm. in japanese um theology but like specifically um the Chinese are a superstitious bunch at best of times, <laughs> but especially when babies are dying. Like, that is yeah. that is bad. Um, but, I mean, like, we're all about feng shui and stuff like that. So Hong Kong is, in, in general, very superstitious. Mm. Um, we have festivals about burning paper money for ghosts and stuff, and you have to sweep your ancestors' graves once a year, otherwise something bad happens. So, um, yeah, I think this city is pretty... Uh, Pretty comfortable with its spooky past <laughs> and future <laughs> and present. That was awesome, so, yeah. Jasmine. That was Thank great. You. Yeah. Thank you. Do cool. you want to go next, Who's next? Sure. I can go next. Yeah. So no girl. I am going to talk about the Dybbuk box. And Ooh. my sources are not listed on this page. So I'll get those to you <laughs> so you can put them in the show notes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so to start off, I'm going to explain what a Dybbuk actually is. Mm. Um, so a Dybbuk is a malevolent spirit uh, within the Jewish faith. It's prominent in Jewish mysticism like Kabbalism. Uh, it's described a few different ways. It can be a wandering spirit. It can be uh, someone whose soul was not allowed to transmigrate to the afterlife after death due to their sins. Uh, It can also be a demon or an evil spirit or a demon that attaches to a wandering spirit. So it can be various types of spirit or demon. Um, But regardless of which description is used, in the end, a Dybbuk possesses a living person. So they may be possessed by a spirit or a demon, or they may be possessed by a spirit that has a demon attached to it. <laughs> so oh, no. either way, you're you're not nice. in a good place. Um, <laughs> so if you, it, it basically it gives the spirit a place to rest within a living body, and it allows the demon the ability to control a human body. Uh, Dybbuk's almost always possess women, and in older times, these women were treated very similarly to how the Christian church treated women that they believed to be witches. So it was kind of um, similar in the Jewish faith as it was in Christianity. Um, Dybbuk's were used to explain multiple types of mental illness and undesirable behaviors. Uh, To rid a person of a Dybbuk, the spirit or demon must be exercised by a specially trained Hasidic rabbi. So If successful, the exorcism will send the demon to hell and release the wandering spirit, allowing it to transmigrate into a new body to be reincarnated. Um, The Dybbuk was only allowed to leave the body from underneath the big toenail 
to prevent damage <laughs> to the possessed person. So I guess if it leaves from any other portal than from under your toenail, you're in a ba- you're in a bad place still. Um, so the last recorded Dybbuk exorcism was performed in the early 1900s. So I guess with the uh, with modern medicine, the rise of modern medicine, I guess we've kind of started to move past that. But (laughs) in 2003, a man named Kevin Manis listed a wooden wine cabinet on eBay, and he called it a Dybbuk box. His story was that he purchased the box in 2001 at an estate sale from the family of a Holocaust survivor who purchased the box in Spain after the Holocaust, and she brought it to the U.S. with her. Uh, When he discovered that the box was a family heirloom, he offered to give the box back to the family, but the granddaughter insisted that he keep it, telling him that it had been kept in her grandmother's sewing room for decades, but they never opened it because there was a Dybbuk living inside of it. So Kevin took the box home and opened it for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right? I don't know why you would do that, Kevin, but he did. (laughs) So, inside of the box, he found two 1920s pennies, a lock of blonde hair, a lock of brunette hair, a candle holder with four legs that were shaped like uh, octopi, uh, a dried rosebud, a golden wine goblet, and a small statue engraved with the word Shalom. The back of the box is engraved with the Shema, which is a uh, common Jewish prayer. So after opening the box, Kevin began having horrific nightmares, often about an old hag. Uh, But other people who stayed in his house reported having the same nightmares. So some people report smelling jasmine flowers near the box. So that's nice, I guess. Um, but other other people report it is but the other smell that some people report smelling around the box is cat urine so I hope that is not you that's also also me bitch so so after being unsettled by the activity from the box for a period of time Kevin gave the box to his mother as a birthday gift for again I do not understand why you would do that but he did Um, the day that he gave her the box she suffered a stroke (laughs) so that might have been Kevin's fault (laughs) so uh, Kevin decided after that he was tired of the issues he was having with the box and that was when he posted it on eBay (laughs) I know I don't understand why Kevin did any of the things he did Uh, so one of the next owners of the box was a college student named Josef Nitsky, and he blogged about his experiences with the box. He claimed that it made lights in his home flicker and burn out, and his hair apparently began to fall out. Uh, a man named Jason Haxton had been following Josef's blog posts about the box, and he offered to purchase it, and he became the next owner. So Jason reported that while he owned the box, he began to suffer from hives and welts across his entire body, and he even started to cough up blood. Uh, Jason decided to see if there was a way to seal the Dybbuk back into the box. So he consulted with some rabbis, and he found some who were able to successfully seal the Dybbuk back into the box. He then hid the sealed box and wouldn't tell anybody where he had hidden it. 
And eventually he did end up donating it to Zach Bagans from the show Ghost Adventures. <laughs> and, of course. and it is Zach on display. Bagans. I know everybody loves Zach Bagans, <laughs> so it's on display in his museum in Las Vegas. Uh, the Dybbuk box was the inspiration for the 2012 movie The Possession, and supposedly there are ten Dybbuk boxes in the world, and two of them are currently in Zach Bagans' possession. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course it is. So, do with that what you will. <laughs> so, in 2018, uh, Post Malone may have been cursed by the box after a visit to the museum. Uh, he was having an after-hours visit to the museum with Zach Bagans as his personal tour guide. So, they walked around drinking beer in a haunted museum. <laughs> So I'm still questioning people's decisions at this point. <laughs> um, and while they were walking around drinking beer, Zach Bagans took the plexiglass cover off of the box for the first time and touched the box with his bare hands. Again, I, I'm just, I have so many questions for so many of the decisions people have made. Uh, so while touching the box, Post Malone touched Bagans on the shoulder and immediately felt a surge of energy. And there's a security video available online of this happening. And like you can see him, it almost looks like he got shocked. He just like kind of jerks his hand away. So after his run-in with the box, within just a few months, Post Malone had an emergency on the runway when two tires blew on his private plane. Jeez. Uh, then three armed robbers broke into his previous home shouting at the new homeowners and asking where post Malone was. And then after that, he was in a serious car accident in which he was the passenger and his assistant was driving. Uh, they wrecked his Rolls Royce. So they hit another vehicle before they hit a fence and ended up in some bushes. So Twitter immediately began speculating that post Malone had been cursed by the box, but he tweeted his own theory he just thinks that God hates him. So that's Post Malone's theory on why he was cursed by the box. So that's the story of the Dybbuk box. So if you want to see it, you I can go it. to Las Vegas and see it in Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. Oh, my God. That was delightful. That was, yeah. I have so many. I have many thoughts. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Number one. I think it's safe to say his name is now officially post-traumatic stress Malone. <laughs> number That's two. Good, I like that. <laughs> number two. Did you notice? So, okay, I have a bone to prick with what was his name? Yosef. Mm -hmm. That's a Jewish name. Mm -hmm. Why would a Jewish boy want to have a curse? Okay, he knows his curse. He's like, mm, I don't know what I'll do. I'm, I'm gonna buy a curse. A curse demon box. Yeah, but in yes. all fairness, we've already spoken about this, and we're both Jewish, and. That's right, would, would either of you buy a haunted Dybbuk box? I would buy a creepy box on eBay. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that looks nice and evil. No! I mean, I kind of would. I've already said this, but I'm Catty. kind of not super threatened by it. Because I feel that, like, <laughs> why, why would it go after nice Jewish people? But then yeah. why did it go, go after a guy called Yosef? Well, I don't know. Maybe he was a dick. <laughs> but now that it... I mean... 
I don't know. I think Zach Bagans opened it recently. Like he had a special that they did, like a quarantine, <laughs> like Ghost Adventures quarantine lockdown. Yeah. And they locked themselves in the museum for like two weeks <laughs> and just did like all kinds of, I don't know if they live streamed it or what, but Ooh. yeah, they opened the box and I just, you already had to get ra- like specially trained rabbis to like seal that thing back in there. I don't know why. Don't let it back that was out. another thing. That was another thing, the like special trained rabbi who can op- who can fix the box. All I can think of is like a ninja rabbi. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like an old like an old old Chabad rabbi who's like, I ah, don't of, worry. I kid. think of Rabbi Balcony, do you remember Rabbi Balcony? He was so cool. <laughs> yes. He was the coolest rabbi ever. He was American and he'd like smoke and drink and like he was amazing. Rabbi. He was like a cowboy. He was a cowboy <laughs> rabbi. Yeah, he yes. was awesome. He might have been specially trained to seal a dibbic. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he probably is. <laughs> but he lived across the road from our grandparents. And there was once when their like security alarm was going off. And so he went over to check it out. And then some people were like, there's a rabbi trying to break into that house. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that malevolent man yeah. my balcony. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, it has something to do with like it. My understanding, anyway, is it's more specific to like mysticism than Judaism mm. as a whole. Mm. So yeah. I guess you have to have like like Kabbalistic or Hasidic rabbis, but they yeah. have to have some. There's some kind of special, I guess, training. ninja ninja yeah. training that they go through to <laughs> exercise uh, dibics yeah. from your big toe and uh, put them back in the box and seal it. Thank you, Brooke. That, yeah, was, that, was, awesome. that was a great one. I loved that. I've not, and I've never heard of it before, so that was awesome. It's really pretty. Like, if you look up a picture of the box, it's actually very pretty. It's, like, hand-carved and it's got, like, grapes and stuff on it. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, oh, but I just, you know, that's not my that's not my style, bringing de- <laughs> demon boxes into my house. So, Katty, uh, would you like to bring us home? Bring us on home. Yeah. Um, so I am doing the hands resist him painting which if you have ever seen it if you look it up now it is absolutely terrifying it is the scariest so it is so my, scary yeah <laughs> my sources for this were wikipedia mental floss the lineup and an article from daily dot so the hands resist him is a painting by artist bill stoneham created in 1972 It depicts a young boy standing next to a female doll in front of a glass panel door beyond which there are many ghostly looking hands knocking on the glass and beckoning the viewer to come closer. According to Stoneham, the boy is based on a photograph of himself at age five and the doorway is a representation of the barrier between the real world and the fantasy world with the doll acting as a guide to escort the boy through into the other world. The many phantom hands apparently represent alternative lives of possibilities that are open to the boy through this doorway. While the painting looks absolutely terrifying itself, it wasn't until it ended up for sale on eBay in 2000 that stories of it being haunted or cursed became widely known. The anonymous eBay seller claimed that they had found the painting abandoned behind an old brewery and decided to take it home. Soon after, the seller's four-year-old daughter apparently claimed that she had seen the figures in the painting moving and fighting each other, 
and that they would scare her by coming into her room during the night. No. (laughs) The seller then set up a motion-sensitive camera in the room where the painting was, hoping to show his daughter that there was nothing to be afraid of. But instead, he apparently witnessed the boy crawling out of the painting. (gasps) Oh! No. In addition to this story, the listing for the painting also included a series of photographs that were said to be evidence of an incident in which the female doll threatened the boy with a gun that she was holding, causing him to attempt to leave the painting. The seller pleaded for buyers and viewers to be cautious of the painting and avoid showing it to children due to reports of extreme reactions such as sudden, violent illnesses screaming, and the sensation of being gripped by an unseen entity. They also denied any liability for any negative events that may occur to anyone who purchased the painting. These terrifying details proved to be a huge draw for buyers and those interested in seeing the supposedly haunted painting, with news of the listing quickly spreading throughout the internet, resulting in the listing garnering over 30,000 views. Some people claimed that simply viewing the photos of the painting made them feel ill, gave them an uneasy feeling, or caused bizarre, seemingly paranormal experiences in their homes. The painting was eventually sold to gallery owner Kim Smith for just over $1,000, and it is stored in her gallery in Michigan to this very day. Sometime later, artist Bill Stoneham did recall that the owner of the gallery in which the painting was first displayed as well as the art critic who first reviewed it, died within one year of coming into contact with the painting. Uh, So that is the hands resist him painting. Mm -mm. No thanks. That is, it's truly like one of the creepiest paintings that I've ever seen. And like the little girl, and she's just got like those... Looks like one of those dolls that like the eyes close when you lay it down. And and except it's just like dead, like dead black. And they're like yeah, black. Mm -mm. Black eyes. I just wanna I wanna I wanna have a chat with whoever the fuck whoever thought it was a good idea to paint that shit. Okay. (laughs) Who sits down and goes, you know what I'm gonna do? Paint that. He's painted (laughs) like sequels. He's painted like three more. Why? Someone stop him! (laughs) Stop! Take his page away. Just say no. Just, you know what, cut off his hands. I'm sick of this. Everyone, why why are we letting it happen to us, huh? Why? Mm. Why? Right? Why? Take it away. But can you imagine finding that, like, behind a dumpster (laughs) in an alleyway and being like, I'm going to take this home. I'm going to take this home and hang (laughs) on my wall. That's what I want. Why would you do that? Sweet, fine. Well, um, how, how far away is Michigan from Arkansas? Oh, it's pretty far. It's probably good. <laughs> yeah, good. it's pretty far away. It's it's probably a good. It's it's definitely more than twelve hours to drive there. Okay, don't uh, don't, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Woof, oh, that was a that was a hench episode. Nice yeah, work, that was guys. awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being here, Brooke. Thank and... you. I'm glad that we got to do this. Yeah, it was lovely. Yes. So, um, if you want to hear more about the cursed objects we have, we are now going to record the episode for Brooks podcast. Yay! Wise. Yay! Wise. <laughs> if you like your storytelling, then you will like this one. 
excellent stuff. Yes. Thank it's you. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to have you back soon. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygalspodcast at gmail.com and also make sure to like and follow our Spooky Girls Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on Twitter at SpookyGalsPod and on Instagram at SpookyGalsPodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash spookygals. And from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.